Podcast Answer Man, episode number 242. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Podcast Answer Man. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft, and this, my friends, is the podcast about podcasting, helping you take your show to the next level. It doesn't matter if you're a brand new podcaster, if you have been podcasting for many years, or you haven't quite yet recorded that first episode. There's something we can all do to take our show to the next level. That's right, my friends, and one of the things that I have been doing a lot lately is thinking about the new year. I am recording this on Thursday, December 29th, 2011, and certainly have thoughts about how I'm going to be taking things to the next level. If you go to gspn.tv forward slash shows, one of the things that I've already spent some time doing is kind of... Uh, updating my lineup of shows that I am currently producing. Before, I just used to have a list of all the shows that we have produced at GSPN, which was, you know, about 22, 24 different shows. And I decided that, you know what, there are some shows that are have no longer been in production that, to be honest with you, eh, they're not things that I really want to heavily promote. It's possible to get them to them on our website, but I didn't want to make it easy because honestly those things are not evergreen content and it's content that really isn't you know the things that are that I really want to point people to when they come to the site so what I've done is I even took the shows that are not in current production now uh, but things that I still do want to promote that that are great for going back into the archives I've kind of rearranged things so now it starts off with here are our active balanced living podcast here's our active business and technology podcast here are our active entertainment podcast and then here's our previous shows that are not currently in production and so i've i've kind of been honing things down a little bit uh one of the things that i've done is i've whittled things down to where i have 10 current podcasts that are actively being produced at this time we typically have a minimum of about five to seven episodes per week, and we have oftentimes as many as 10 to 15 episodes that we'll produce in a single week. And I've just really felt kind of like this calling, if you will, or just this urge to to kind of focus a little bit more. I realize that I have a couple different shows where comments and feedback are coming in and people say, you know what, this this feedback that I'm calling in, I'm not sure which show it's for. It could fit here. It could fit there. It could fit here. And that right there, my friends, is a very telling sign of the fact that I have fragmented my audience. And I know that that if content can fit in multiple different shows, then then maybe, you know, I've I've kind of spread myself a little bit too thin. And I currently, in my mind, I have three shows that are in production that I produce every single week that honestly could fit into one single show. Now, the only kickback to this is that those other shows uh, are, you know, two of those shows have co-hosts. And one of the reasons I enjoy doing those shows is because I love that weekly interaction with those co-hosts. And so... These are difficult decisions that we have to make at times. And, you know, sometimes it goes all according to, you know, what is the mission and the purpose behind what you do? There, there are things that I, I could think of as far as, you know, incorporating those co-hosts into segments onto the, you know, the combined one show. And it's not fresh in my mind because honestly, this has been something that I have been thinking about in our business meetings. And for things to happen in 2012 that I foresee, the things that I envision, I really think that having a written out mission statement and a clear understanding of what are my core values. One of the biggest mistakes many podcasters make when they start a podcast is they think, 
you know, they, they don't understand why they're creating a podcast. They, they love the technology. They love listening to them. And it's like, eh, why don't I do one? You know, the reasoning is why shouldn't I? And then the, the question should be, why should I? Why do I want to create a podcast? What is the purpose of this podcast? What, you know, what are the core values uh, that I believe in? What, you know, where am I taking a stance? What do I want to communicate? And um, I think sometimes, you know, it, it, it just take a half day, take a day, take a weekend, come up with some core values that, that, that drive you, that, that define who you are and what you believe. You know, what are the non-negotiables? What is the mission and the purpose behind what you're doing? And, and, and then just watch that launch you into taking things to the next level. When I did that for gspn.tv, it certainly did, it, it propelled us forward. And I'm just shocked and amazed that I never got around to creating a mission statement for my business side of things, uh, the, the consulting coaching side of things. And then the idea of creating a personal mission statement, um, yeah, never really given that much uh, attention or anything as well. So those are the things are, that I hope to accomplish perhaps by the end of 2011, but it's certainly within the first few weeks of 2012, if not so. Uh, we're going to turn to uh, the voicemail feedback hotline, answer a couple questions. Uh, let's see here. We are going to start things off with Bill, who is calling in about the like button. And just real quickly, uh, there was an episode where I talked about the share bar, which I think I'm now using sexy bookmarks. And the fact that some of these uh, tools where you click the like button, it will give you the ability to kind of preview what that post is going to look like with a little thumbnail image and all of that stuff. And one of the issues I was having is it kept pulling out some kind of weird or odd image out of my sidebar instead of uh, choosing something that would be more appropriate to the post. Bill's given us some insight here that I think is very helpful. Bill, take it away. This is a comment for Cliff from the podcast Answer Man. Just wanted to send a message about the preview image that is showing up when you hit the like button on your website. I was actually having that same problem and what I found is that what Facebook does is it actually pulls in the first GIF or JPEG image and uses that. So if you have an image actually in your content it should pull that um, image. But if you don't have a photo actually in your content, like maybe it was a video post, it'll then go in your sidebar and pull the first GIF or JPEG. Now it doesn't pull PNG, so if I had a PNG file for quite a while on my sidebar that I actually changed to a GIF, um, and that was sort of like my profile. If you go to billhutchison.org, you can see on the right-hand side a YWAM blogger logo. That one used to be a .png file. I've since changed that to a GIF file because it was skipping that one to go to the next one, the Bloggers for Birth Kits. Um, but now what it what it does is it pulls in that um, that first .gif. If I do create a video image, sorry, a video post, or just a post with no images at all, or a post with .png files. Just thought I'd send that through, see if that helps you out, because I know that it took me a little while to figure that out for when I hit the like on, um, for when someone hits like on one of my posts for Facebook. All right, Bill, thank you very much for that amazing bit of information. Uh, this is something that had been extremely puzzling to me, something that I definitely wanted to get around to looking up some at some point down the road, but really kind of low on the priority level. And so you calling then this in as feedback has certainly brought some uh, light to the situation and and I really appreciate it. And it makes perfect sense because I, ever since I've used a Mac, I use a lot of the you know screen capture tools that are built into the Mac and and stuff like that. And and I have I do a lot with PNG files. Yes, I know they're much larger and and that you know I could save a lot of space and loading time and things of that nature. I don't use a lot of images. Well, except for my sidebar. What? But here's the thing. I I'd been noticing that these when I click on the when people click on the Facebook like button. Or when I'm trying to link to something uh, from my site, it is always pull. It seems to always pull some kind of weird graphic right out of my sidebar or off of GSPN or Podcast Answer Man, and hardly ever a graphic that I want it to. And and it seems to be the same graphic over and over again. And I realized that that yeah, that is a JPEG image, and it's ignoring all the other images because they're all PNG files. So this is great information for me. So. 
what I could do is all those static images that are in my sidebar or maybe in the the you know the the introductory content on my categories that I do in thesis I could actually say anything that I don't want to become a preview thumbnail in Facebook I'll just make sure that all of those are very uh, nicely compressed um, if the, if you can do that with a PNG file I think I don't know, but anyway, I'll make sure that they're they're decent size, but also do uh, PNG files on those, and then I can make sure that when I'm doing a post, if I actually want a specific image uh, to be the thumbnail or the thumbnail from that post, then I'll make sure that that is a JPEG image, and any other post images in that post are are PNGs. So that that is amazing information. Thank you so much, Bill, for calling that in. All right, next up, we're going to Daniel from the Special Chronicles podcast, and he's over at specialchronicles.com, and he actually decided to go ahead and do text-to-speech for us this week. So, Daniel, take it away. This is Daniel Smrokowski from the Special Chronicles podcast at specialchronicles.com, and I have a couple of questions for you, the podcast answer man. The first question I have for you is about the feed burner feed. When I look at the stats, number of downloads, subscribers, etc., there are two versions of feed burner, an old version and a new version, and the old version, the number of downloads is a higher number, whereas the new version of feed burner, it's a little bit less. So, how do we know which is accurate? In the next few weeks, I'm going to work on taking a new design that I designed for SpecialChronicles.com into a WordPress site, because currently I'm using iWeb for my podcast and WordPress for the blog portion of Special Chronicles, but in a few weeks, hopefully by January 7, 2012, because it's the two-year anniversary of the podcast, I hope to have the upgraded site go live so everything, podcast, blog, etc. is all on one site. I thought you'd like to know that. Thanks for your encouragement of recording into audio recorder. I've recently had trouble recording into the computer I'm doing everything, podcasting, show notes, a stream, justin.tv, on my MacBook, but that will change in a few days. I'm getting for Christmas and Zoom H2 Ultra Portable Digital Audio Recorder, just like what Father Roderick and other podcasters use. May God continue to bless your work in podcasting and new media and your family. God bless, Daniel. All right, Daniel, thank you so much for your feedback. And I will try to address uh, the several different things that you had brought up here. First one with your feed burner stats. Now, honestly, I have not yet switched over to the new feed burner, you know, layout or design just yet. Uh, it sounds to me like they might potentially have a new algorithm. It sounds to me like you're not getting the same stats, numbers, and stuff like that. Here's here's my recommendation to all podcasters: do not look at feed burner stats for stats on your show. Uh, it will be uh, woefully inaccurate. Uh, and the reason for this is because it gives you no indication of what's going on for the people who actually are coming to your site and consuming your content right from the website. Um, so therefore, basically what's going on is you could potentially have, you know, 70% of your audience who are subscribed by to your RSS feed uh, and are getting your content delivered by checking the RSS feed on a daily basis. However, you if you're only looking at that, you're missing out on potentially 30% or even more. And actually, some people who have an audience that reach a less technical group of people, a less technical group of tech um, uh, target audience, there's there's a potential that you you know you could have 60% of your audience that are actually not getting your content from the RSS feed. In fact, I think it was last week we had Todd Clift on the line. He had a majority of his people who were subscribed or who were getting and listening to his content from his Facebook fan page because he was using the RSS Graffiti plugin, which, by the way, the RSS Graffiti is subscribed to the FeedBurner feed. It pulls it into Facebook once, and then it's on Facebook. And from that point forward, and he actually said that, you know, 60% or I don't know what it was, but a, a large percentage, you know, that half of his audience or something like that is actually 
listening from his Facebook fan page. And those are not going to be tracked by FeedBurner. FeedBurner is going to see that as one hit on the feed because RSS Graffiti checked it once and then, boom, posted that content to Facebook. And from that point forward, you know, there's no way FeedBurner is going to track those actual MP3 files unless unless you do go in and you can tell it to recreate some redirect um links on those mp3 files and then it will give you a little bit more data uh and then the only thing i can tell you about the difference between those two stats between the new and the old is that they may have changed the algorithm personally i'm a huge Lipson fan uh, and Lipson is where i go to for all of my stats but um Another place, and I, I haven't actually ever tried the service out, but it's been around forever, um, and I, I'm trying to say if I can think of the name of it right now. It, it, it totally is escaping me, but it's an it's where a lot of people are turning to for um, for their advertising, and that is where Leo is still using, and I'm trying to think of the name of them. It's not coming to me, but... Um, I'll see if I can get that. Actually, just go to podcastanswerman.com slash... Nope, I got it. Pod tra- it's PodTrack. P-O-D-T-R-A-C.com. I believe that they have a way that you can actually create a free account. If I'm not mis- mistaken, you could possibly create a free account and you can actually do measurement of your audience that way. So, I, again, I've never used, well, I shouldn't say I've never used podcasts. I used PodTrack back in early, uh, in late 2005, early 2006. I, it wasn't for me, and I decided that I wasn't really going to go to the CPM advertising model, and so I, I no longer used that that service anymore since then. But uh, it sounds to me like some other great people are using PodTrack. It, they're still going strong today, and you might want to check out the potential of uh, measuring your audience there if you don't have Lipson's stats available to you. So that again, that's P-O-D-T-R-A-C.com. I'll put a link to that in the show notes uh, for, uh, when I'm talking about Daniel's uh, feedback here. So let me just go ahead and just really, really quickly also say thank uh, uh, congratulations to Daniel for moving over to WordPress from iWeb. I'm excited for you, and I've got another friend of mine. His name's Jeff Gentry. He's recently made the switch over from iWeb over to WordPress. I think you're really going to like it after you get used to it. It does take a little bit to get used to, but once you do, you'll never you'll never want to work with another web publishing system. WordPress is simply amazing. And by the way, uh, just great time for me to just quickly mention that I do have an affiliate relationship with Bluehost. If you go to uh, my website at podcastanswerman.com and click on resources, I have an affiliate link there. If you go and click through my link to Bluehost uh, before signing up, you uh, actually generate a pretty significant in- uh, a commission income to me here at podcastanswerman.com. So that's be awesome if uh, folks out there would consider that when you are thinking about going over to a new shared hosting account. Um, Bluehost, I think it's like 83 or 84 bucks a year. Uh, for the first year, and and it's and and it's super easy to create a WordPress uh, podcast, and and even have a tutorial over at uh, podcastanswerman.com on the products page for WordPress for podcasters shows you how to create a podcast uh, with WordPress from scratch. You know, setting up your account, walking you through step by step. So go check that out. But anyway, congratulations, and I hope that you do get it up and running over there by January seventh deadline. And Daniel, I did see your unboxing of your Zoom H2 recorder. So congratulations on getting that. I will tell you the microphones on that unit are amazing. So uh, for field recording, that is absolutely great. And it certainly will suffice for uh, sending the audio out of your mixer into that digital audio um, recorder into the line in input and stuff like that. So congratulations on getting such a wonderful gift. All right, we're going to move into one more question. This one's from Wayne Henderson. Wayne, take it away. Hey, Cliff. This is Wayne Henderson from the Packers Fan Podcast, calling in for the podcast Answer Man. And question for you. Have you heard how do we get podcasts into Get Glue these days? It seems like they've gotten a lot more strict and tight as far as what gets in now that they've gone a little more professional. Because I know, you know about a year ago, it, 
I got my fringe casting podcast in there with no problem. And I noticed you have quite a few shows in there and I think they've been there a while, but I have tried everything to try to get my Packers fan podcast as well as my Christmas memories podcast listed in get glued to no avail. You know, I've clicked the suggest this show, you know, under TV or under, you know, other categories. And I've done it repeated times. I've had other uh, listeners do it for me as well. And, um, John Wilkerson even gave me like an email address where I could send like album artwork and, and show description and URLs and the stuff that might appease them, but nothing has worked. If you heard anything new or our podcasts kind of being shut out of the new get glue way of doing things, just checking. Thanks for everything, Cliff. You rock. You are the podcast answer man. Later. All right, Wayne. Well, thank you for that. And uh, I'll tell you what. The, the one of the th- favorite things I have about Podcast Answer Man and being the Podcast Answer Man, I don't have all of the answers, but I do usually uh, have the resources to get those answers. And I have never personally added a podcast to Get Glue, and and believe it or not, I'm one of those people. I don't even use Get Glue uh, as as much as I have fan podcasts uh, about TV shows and all this other stuff. Um, Get Glue is is a social network that is not something that I really found all that appealing to me personally, but uh, certainly I have a ton of people in the gspn.tv community that use it. And one person I would consider to be my go-to expert on Get Glue, and he happens to be in our live show chat room right now. His name is Jeff Gentry. He goes by X Force Eleven. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask Jeff if after he uh, after I get this episode posted online, this is podcastanswerman.com, episode 242. I'm going to ask him in the comment section if he can tell us uh, whether or not or how he got my podcasts uh, submitted to Get Glue. I know that he did it also for my good friend Daryl Darnell and whether or not he knows if that's still possible to do. And, and Jeff will probably, just knowing what I know about my good friend Jeff is is that he will be more than willing to go into the comment section and give us some updated information on this. So Wayne, my my recommendation is uh, give me until about Friday or Friday evening to get this thing posted onto uh, podcastanswerman.com. Go to episode 242, look in the comment section. I will actually ask the question in the comment section and I bet you just about anything that that Jeff will uh, do that. In fact, in the chat room, he says he will do. So uh, he'll give us some updated information on whether or not uh, you can get into uh, get glue with your podcast, and if so, how. So uh, I I love this. I love being in this position, and I, I'm so thankful for people like um, Jeff Gentry and and stuff like that. Uh, real quickly here, let's see here. I just oh. Real quick, uh, each week I think that I'm going to try to make this a part of it, uh, of Podcast Answer Man, but just a random quick uh, shout out to somebody that, uh, you know, just that I just want to say congratulations to. Uh, This week is to Tommy G. Kendrick. Okay, Tommy G. Kendrick. And of course, he has a brand new podcast over at Actors Talk podcast.com that's actors plural talk podcast.com just launched his very first episode and he did most everything based upon uh, the free information that I've created at my site uh, that I have at learn how to podcast.com he did have to resort I believe to um, WordPress for podcasters I think he may have also done a thesis theme uh, tutorial and uh, I believe that he went ahead and got the MDX 4600 uh, compressor limiter gate tutorial. But um, still, for I think it's about a total of what would that be? 200, no, 139, uh, less than $200. He's got his podcast up and running. And by the way, episode number one sounds amazing. It really does. So if you just go to actorstalkpodcast.com. Click on podcast episodes. Let me just click play for a second and let you hear just how good his very first episode sounds. This is the Actors Talk Podcast, a podcast for actors of all levels and for other creative artists who are pursuing your dreams. Episode one. 
Welcome, everyone, to the Actors Talk podcast. My name is Tommy G. Kendrick, and I am the host here. There you go. Anyway, sounds absolutely amazing for a first episode. Congratulations to Tommy. And if you guys know any actors, uh, directors, anybody else in the movie industry, send them over to actorstalkpodcast.com. And one last thing I want to mention is that Podcast Answer Man and a bunch of other gspn.tv related shows are now available on Stitcher. Now, you know, Stitcher, I think, is a great service, and and if you haven't heard of Stitcher, I'll probably have them on for an interview in the very near future here uh, for Podcast Answer Man, but a bunch of folks from the GSPN community and Podcast Answer Man community have been begging them to add Podcast Answer Man and other various shows over to their network, and so they've been asking me, could I please submit, you know, would they mind if I syndicated my content over there? Now, um, I, I'm really happy with the fact that Stitcher is a service that is creating, um, I, I guess, a, maybe a whole new directory of podcasts that are, that, that are made a little bit easier for folks who are new to podcasting uh, to subscribe to them. They, they basically give you an app and, and you can subscribe to multiple shows. Here's the cool thing, though, is that they're integrating into things like the Ford Sync. So for finally, we're getting applications that are pulling in subscribable RSS feed media content into car stereos. I haven't seen how this all works just yet, but I, all I know is that this is the indication of, of the early stages of what I think is going to be um, the beginning of podcasting going mainstream to where, you know, just normal, non-tech, non-geeky people uh, on a very large scale uh, being introduced to the amazing content known as, um, you know, podcasting such as, you know, audio on demand. Listen to it where you want, pause it in the middle, pick up where you left off. Is there a new episode? Having it delivered to you saying, here's your next episode that you've subscribed to. This is This is exciting stuff. Not too excited about the fact that they actually take the content and they uh, recompress it. So they take my already compressed show and then they actually run a they run a process on it after that fact. Not too crazy about that. It actually does reduce the quality of uh, the audio quality of of my all of my shows on their network. I haven't yet asked them if there's a way that I can get them to stop doing that, but I think that they're trying to just really uh, knock down the file sizes as much as possible and and things of that nature. But still, uh, if you uh, go over to stitcher.com slash gspn, you can get the application there. They do have this, um, they have this crazy thing where you as a podcaster, if you're on there, you can sign up to become an affiliate. You get a, I think it's a dollar for each person that signs up stuff like that. But anyway, if you use promo code GSPN when downloading the app, um, I have an affiliate relationship with them there. But honestly, go check out Stitcher. Uh, see if it's something that you're interested in. The one the one big... Actually, there are two issues that I have with Stitcher right now. One is that they recompress my content and it doesn't sound as good as I'd like it to. Um, and number two... The, the big issue I have is that it's this one application, but they don't have the ability for you to add an RSS feed of a podcast that's not in their directory. So it can't be your one-stop shop for all your podcasting needs. You can only listen to and subscribe to content that is that has been submitted to the Stitcher network. Uh, so, but anyway, hey, anything that gets us into car radios at this point, I'm looking for people to lead the way and pretty excited about that. All right, my friends, it is time to turn it over to our Where Are They Now podcast interview of the week. This one, my friends, is Scott Ardella. And uh, I'll tell you what, everything that I want you to know about Scott and why I am bringing him into this episode is in the interview. So without any further ado, I am playing that for you right now. <laughs> All right, my friends, I am on the line with Scott Ardella. Scott, thank you so much for coming on the Podcast Answer Man, my friend. Cliff, it's my pleasure. Tell us just a little bit about yourself and what you do. Sure, Cliff. Yeah, I have um, my main website is called stealthbody.com. And I named it that actually 
I have kind of a story. I had a, a previous website and I had a unfortunate situation. I had a, a website and a podcast and I had a, a trademark infringement. And I can talk about that in detail if you'd like. But um, so I'm kind of rebranding with uh, my new website, which is again, stealthbody.com. And I have uh, just a couple of episodes that have come out so far. And uh, basically what it is, is it's um, underground fitness and nutrition for busy people. And what I mean by underground is it's kind of unconventional fitness and nutrition training methods that get serious results. And I've been training myself in a fitness exercising and uh, backgrounds of physical therapist for about 30 years. And some of the things that I've done just in the past couple of years have just been just game changers. And, you know, once I kind of discovered these unconventional methods and strategies, you know, I just felt like I needed to share this with the world. So that's kind of what I'm up to these days. So it sounds to me like you have a passion for health, fitness, and and improving people's physical performance in life and, and, and basically taking that message and sharing it with the world. Absolutely. You know, because I talk to people, you know, every day, I think there's just so much confusion and misinformation around fitness and nutrition and, you know, exercise and nutrition just goes hand in hand. And, you know, I just hate to see people do the yo-yo diet thing and, and do the wrong exercises and the wrong training. And the stuff that I've been doing, I mean, my, the past few years I've been, you know, working in medical sales. So even though I've, you know, been active in fitness and nutrition, my, my full-time job is actually medical sales. So I, I basically started this project out of pure passion. I mean, just because I just saw so many people struggling with the wrong information and not doing the right thing to get results. So that's why I started it. So you did not start this brand or this online endeavor to create income, but to actually share valuable information with the world. Am I, am I hearing that correctly? Well, both really, because actually I have, um, I have a DVD product. I have my second uh, physical DVD that's going to be coming out in about a month. So uh, yeah, there was income, um, you know, uh, you know, visions behind it. But I mean, the, the blog, I mean, all the information, the articles, the podcast is just giving the best information help to try to answer questions for people. Gotcha. With, yeah. I want to go back a little bit because I, I, you know, we kind of have a good feeling now where you are today and we'll get further into what you're doing today and, and some of the things you're facing. But I want to go back and find out when did you first hear about podcasting and how? You know, I think I first heard about podcasting through um, uh, Jason Van Orden, uh, Internet Business Mastery, and uh, I'm pretty sure that he was the one that, that mentioned you. And I also heard about you from from Pat Flynn on Smart Passive Income, and that's kind of what led me to you, uh, to be honest. Okay, and yeah. do you remember how you heard? I mean, I mean, obviously you—that was the first podcast you listened to. But how did yep. you? How did you find Jason Van Orden? Did you meet him in person? Did you read a blog? Um, no, you know, I, how I, did you I, come so, about that first episode? I, that, that's the, that's the one thing I'd love to just hear because I think it gives us some insight into how we can reach other people for podcasting. Yeah, you know. Um, it was probably three, maybe four years ago, something like that. And I think I actually just did a search in iTunes for internet business. Okay. I mean, if, if I, re- I mean, I'm stretching my uh, memory uh, by going back here, but I think that's how I, I came across. I, I think I found his podcast, and you know, that got me interested in the whole podcast and internet marketing type thing. And so, I think that's really where it started. So it sounds to me like the fact that you you had iTunes. And, yep. and you saw the, that it had these things called podcasts, and that's what introduced you to it. Yes. Okay. Yes. Very cool. Very cool. All right. So you learned, you listened to the first podcast was Internet Business Mastery, kind of moved on from there. Yep. Uh, when did you first decide to launch your own podcast? From the time that you first decided, how long did it take before you actually had your first episode online? I think it was about a year and a half ago. Again, I'm going back. I think after I decided that a podcast. Once I officially decided that I was going to do a podcast, let me tell you this. I always had interest in doing a podcast once I kind of heard the model. You know, once I listened to the Internet Business Mastery guys and said, you know, I always thought that if I was going to do something, a podcast would be a great thing to do. Um, But I think it probably took a little while until I actually did it. You know, I started, you know, buying some information, some books. I I think I, I got a course and uh, learned how to do it. And uh, probably 
maybe two to three months after learning how to do it, you know, I got started and I started the podcast. Uh, it's been over a year ago. Now, remember, I had, I probably had about 20 episodes in iTunes and it was doing very well until I got hit with my trademark situation. I had to take everything down and rebrand it. Can you tell us what the name of the podcast was before? Sure. Uh, it was called uh, Smart Fitness Coach. All right. So Smart Fitness Coach. And I would assume you maybe had smartfitness.com or something. It actually was smartfitnesscoach.com. Okay. Yep. And yep. and so you, you created this podcast about a year and a half ago, got yep. 22, 20 some odd episodes out there in iTunes. Yep. Built a community, I would assume. A pretty significant yeah, audience. Know, I mean, I think out of everything I did with, you know, I had some videos, you know, the articles, the podcast, out of everything. I mean, the podcast was the thing that uh, generated the most interest, uh, the most traffic, um, the most feedback. You know, I mean, I was interviewing other fitness professionals. So, you know, the, the benefits of doing that are just endless. Okay. Uh, yeah, it was really just a tremendous thing. And that's why I'm so passionate about getting the new one going, even though I'm running into some problems, unfortunately, right now, just with the feed and things like that. But um, I'm literally a couple of days away from getting everything strained out here. So Yeah, those, those things yeah. will get all ironed out. The question, the question I have for you is, okay, so you had this Smart Fitness Coach brand. Yes. Yep. Tell, tell me, when did you first get noticed that there might be a potential issue with, with trademarking? And tell us what you can about the way you were communicated that there was an issue. Yeah. Well, the trademark thing, I would love to tell that because I think that's really going to be a, a bigger issue moving forward online with websites. So that one really came out of the blue. Um, I, I literally got a, uh, an email from attorney's office with a cease and desist letter um, basically saying that everything that was branded with um, my previous brand, Smart Fitness Coach, had to come down. And uh, the podcast was actually emphasized several times in this letter. I, as a matter of fact, I think that's how I got on the radar uh, because of the success with the podcast. Um, but it was a rather unfortunate situation. Something, I mean, I actually did some homework before I started my whole thing here. Um, but, you know, even with very generic terms, even if you think that your website, your brand has a generic uh, name, um, if someone else has trademarked that, uh, it, it, and they're a big company too, I mean, it's a matter of time before you're going to get on their radar. So uh, it, quite honestly, I'm, I'm very happy that it happened okay. because it forced me, this is something I take very, very seriously. And this brand, I'm going to be around for a long time doing this because it's something I'm very passionate about. And so it forced me to do what I should have done in the beginning, which is trademark my brand so that everything moving forward, because I had my DVD product, I had to take that down and rebrand it. I had the podcast, I had the website, anything that had that name attached to it. And it was two words. It was smart fitness. Anything that had smart fitness attached to it had to come down. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, and you know, the interesting thing is, Cliff, I'll tell you, I've seen a lot of other websites out there because I had to research very extensively my new name and brand and it had to have meaning to me what it is that I'm trying to promote and talk about and what the end result is really. And that's, you know, the, the name I came up with is Stealth Body. But there are so many um, websites out there that I came across that have potential trademark issues that are basically time bombs. At some point, they're going to run into trouble because of all the trademark uh, digging that I did on new names. Right. And yeah, so trying to find the domain name and the trade trademark name and all that, it all has to be, you know, um, open, open for trademarking. If you're serious, I mean, if, if, if it's something you really want to do, you really have to trademark. If it's just a hobby and you don't see yourself doing anything with it and you're willing to take a risk, then, you know, by all means, you know, if your blog is, you know, not something, you know, other than a hobby, you know, you have nothing to lose until, you know, you get a letter at some point from an attorney's office. Hopefully that won't happen, but yeah, well, that's the risk. What many people may or may not know, well, actually many people will not know this, but people who have been listening from the very beginning uh, may know uh, that I had a trademark issue myself. Oh, wow. I, I, I when, when I when I first left my career in insurance and decided I wanted to go into podcasting uh, full time as my career, I yep. decided I wanted to create a business end of the podcast consulting slash coaching. 
and I wanted to create a website that would do this. At, at the time, I was still pro- I was already producing Podcast Answer Man as a podcast, but it was just the name of the podcast. It was, and it was a part. As a matter of fact, it didn't even have its own website. It was just a category uh, along with all of my other podcasts at the Generally Speaking Production Network at gspn.tv. So I, I, I was going to create this just a standard business website uh, for for my my new business. And I, I came I spent like days trying to think what is the great what's the best way to communicate what my business is about. And I and I thought about, you know, bits, you know, the, you know, bites and bits and stuff like that. And then, you know, podcasting and broadcasting. And and I wanted to have something that would be generic, unique to me. And so I came up with Bitcast Media. And I did searching all over and I couldn't find anything out there. I found these old podcasts that that somebody used to call like their they would call their their episode like a bit cast or something like that. But it was so old and nobody was they weren't doing anything with it. So I, I went ahead and registered bitcastmedia.com and I created my website. After about three months of having my business up and running, you know, handing out thousands of business cards and, you know, going out and meeting people at conferences and stuff like that. Um, I got one of those same things that you got. I got a cease and desist letter. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the thing is, is is that uh, the you people today probably have heard this heard of this company. It's called Bit Gravity. Uh, they're the people behind Revision Three and um, the, the or at least they they handle all the the, the content to delivery and streaming for uh, Revision Three. They also work yep. with Leo Laporte and Twit and stuff. And they're the they're, the name of the company is Bit Gravity, but they actually have a technology that they ha- are calling bit casting, and they, oh, wow. it's their bit casting technology. And they had trademarked trademarked that technology as Bitcast. Oh wow! And Jeez. and so they own the trademark on Bitcast, and so therefore, me being an online streaming content provider. Uh, it was obvious that there would be some confusion in the space and as Bitcast Media. And so they they sent me a letter. Now, the thing is, is I, of course, I didn't have a lawyer at the time. Uh, and and I don't, I'm not a lawyer and I don't pretend to be one on television. Right. So what I did <laughs> is I wrote back and said, you know what, I, I certainly will change my thing. You know, I'll change my brand. That's no problem. Uh, you know, it, I, I did not know. I apologize. And that was just very personal. And then they wrote back and they said, that's fine. Uh, you have you have 90 days to transfer the domain to us. Oh, wow. And, okay. and, and I wrote back to him and I said, that's fine. You have 90 days to decide whether or not you want to pay me $50,000 for the domain name. Jeez. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I, I said, I will stop using your name. I will stop doing all of this thing. But the thing is, there's no way unless you're going to pay me lots of money. Uh, I've got thousands of people with my bit, my business card that actually has cliff at bitcastmedia.com. They wrote back and says, we understand where you're coming from. We, we will make, you know, we'll adjust and write you a contract that says uh, contractually that we will forward emails to cliff from that sent to cliff at bitcastmedia to whatever email you choose for 12 months. And I said, no, I, I said, if you want to buy the domain, you can do it. Otherwise I own it. So instead, so today, if you go to bitcastmedia.com, uh, bitcastmedia.com, it will take you to podcastanswerman.com. Wow. And, wow. And, okay. and, and the thing is, I never brought a lawyer into it. All I knew is I had listened to enough of people who were dealing with trademark issues to know that even though some, you may own a trademark, that doesn't give you uh, the right to force somebody to sell you their domain. Huh. And and of course, maybe maybe legally that's not doesn't have precedence. But at least I was able to stand up and say, you know what, I am not giving you this domain. I will cease and desist from using it in any yeah. and all branding. Um, I it it's gone. But bitcastmedia.com is my domain, and I will sell it to you for the you know aforementioned price. And they never took me up on it. And they, they 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 dropped it. As soon as Bitcast Media stopped resolving to anything that said Bitcast Media on it, they just dropped it. Wow. So well, I, I share my my little part of that story. My question is, did you do any pushback on on whether or not you had to remove or could you did you try to negotiate keeping your content but just rebranding it? No, I, I, I didn't really. I, I got an attorney immediately and yep. you know, basically their their demand, I guess, or request, uh, whatever you want to call it, was to take everything down within fourteen days. Yep. So it was very quick, very quick. And I'll be honest, Cliff, I was actually thinking about rebranding 
to a different name anyway. Yeah. Um, I, I just had that in the back of my head. So I didn't feel like I was um, married to that name at all. If I was, it might have been different. Maybe I would have played hardball like you did. But because I wasn't, you know, so, you know, I, I just, I don't know. I, I just felt like I, even before it happened, I was contemplating a, a name change. And I absolutely love the name that I have now because it just means a lot to me. It just, it's actually benefit rich. Um, and it's, it really is what I teach. I mean, stealth body is, you know, like I said, unconventional, you know, underground fitness and nutrition. And that's exactly what I teach. It's not, not the typical run of the mill stuff that you hear about in exercise and nutrition. It's very different what I do. Um, so I, I loved it. And, um, yeah. And, and, yeah. and I, that's again, same thing for me. One of the things is, is, is that, and I think this is an important aspect to bring out of these trademark things is that, um, I don't want to scare people because here's, here's the thing as, as a consultant slash coach in podcasting, one, the, the one thing that I want to avoid is giving another excuse for people to be stuck and paralyzed in fear of yep, what to do. Right. I, yeah. if you, cause here's the thing. I don't know about you, Scott, when I started podcast answer, and when I started Bitcast media, when I started all of this stuff, I didn't have a dime to pay for an attorney. I didn't, yeah. and, and and you know what? I heard that it's like, well, you can go and trademark things on your own. You know, if if it only cost 150 bucks at the time, guess what? At that time, I didn't have 150 bucks. Yeah. So so do I just not move forward? No. What did I do? I created Bitcast Media. I, I it it literally it 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 was painful for me to spend 50 bucks on you know a thousand business cards before I headed out to PodCamp Boston Five. But by yeah. golly, I bought a thousand business cards and I gave away a thousand business cards. Wow. That's great. And, <laughs> That's and, great. and the thing is, is there was, it's like, I'm not married. I wasn't married to the name BitCast Media, but I was married to that email address that was on a thousand, on a thousand business cards. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and it's like, dude, this is the only way people know me that they're going to pull out my card one day and want to talk to this guy, Cliff Raymond's card. And I'm glad I did because here's the thing. I actually had uh, the folks behind Panasonic contact me a few months after after uh, uh, PodCamp Boston. Uh, it was actually PodCamp Boston too. And the folks at Panasonic reached out to me and says, hey, listen, we want to bring you in as one of our guest bloggers slash podcasters to cover CES, CES for us. We'll give you all expenses paid trip, pay for everything for you. And all we ask you, and, oh, but, and by the way, you, we're going to give you a, a bunch of equipment, uh, podcast, uh, or a bunch of uh, camera equipment, Panasonic equipment for free. Uh, but you'll have to disclose that, but all of this, and, and we just want to invite you because we know that you're a person of influence and all of that became from that. And if I would have given away, if I didn't fight for that email address, I would have never got that email. Yeah. Wow. So it worked out. So so basically for those of you who are out there and think it's like, oh yeah, just, that's another thing I need to do is, is get a trademark attorney. Yeah. I, even if, and here's the thing, I was going to do it for a business. I, I literally didn't have the money to do it. I I would recommend that you do as much due diligence as possible. And if you can afford to do so, certainly seek out a trademark attorney. But, you know, I, I still, I, and, and I know I'm going to get the emails, but my philosophy is sometimes it's easier to ask for forgiveness than it is to get permission. Uh, yeah. And and one of the things, that certainly if you know somebody has a trademark, then by golly, don't infringe upon it. But if yeah. it, I literally I I looked all over for Bitcast, I couldn't find anybody else doing anything with Bitcast, and 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 I just created it, and I went several months, and then finally when I started creating some stuff and word got out, people are like, "Hey, did you know that this guy's using this thing? He's calling it Bitcast Media. That's isn't that your trademark?" And 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 that letter that I got was I'm I'm assur- I'm assuring you. It was just as nasty, nasty and just as demanding as the one that you got. It came. Back. You could tell. And yeah. I wrote back and I said, "Listen, dude, I'm going to tell you right now. You're talking to an individual. I, I, <clears throat> I am sorry. Apologetic. I'm a human being. Let me tell you, I'm. A, I'm just the. I know you're a big corporation. I'm a little guy just starting out. I didn't mean to do anything." Let's yep. wor- let's talk this thing out. And of course, they wrote, they did write back, and they still used the big words, and they still wrote demanding things. But they did show a willingness to have a conversation with me to kind of negotiate how this was all going to happen. And every single email, or actually, yeah, every single email slash letter 
that they because they always every email they sent me, they sent me a copy of a letter registered. Every one of them was still demanding, still not just demanding, but the other word uh, they, they were threatening. threatening. Every, okay. every communication from them was threatening. But yeah. at, at, at the, I, I finally came to the place where it's like, you know what? I'm not doing anything maliciously to hurt you. I'm trying to work. The only thing is, is you got to understand that I understand my rights to be that I own this domain and you can't take it from me. And as long as I change everything and I keep everything, anything from having that, you know, that, that confusion of brand. Sure. Then I can yep. do this. So, so I think what I'm hearing from you is, is that. You, you, it sounds to me like you're still doing okay today. Yeah. I mean, you know, the thing is everything I learned in the past year with the podcast, with the, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the marketing, you know, traffic and all that stuff. I mean, all the content was mine. So it really didn't matter. It was more um, a bump in the road, kind of a headache. And like I said, I'm, I'm actually happy about it because I like the name so much more. And now, you know, I, I own the brand and this will never happen again. I mean, I, I have to say, Cliff, I'm, I'm, fortunate that I was in a situation that I could, you know, financially afford to get a trademark. Yep. Uh, thank goodness. And, you know, again, this is just something I'm highly committed to. And I'm just, I'm so excited about the podcast. Um, you know, the chat session that we had last spring, um, everything that you told me to do, I, I've done. I mean, I, I basically went back and got all the equipment upgrades and, you know, I still go back and listen to our session. And uh, t- I mean, you gave me so much information um, during that, uh, you know, I think it was almost two hours or so we were on the phone and um, so much information. Thank you, you know, really for giving me all that uh, great information. And I still go back and listen to that because there's still things that I'm uh, implementing uh, based on that conversation. So, and, uh, you know, the podcast is something, I don't know if you remember, but, you know, back in the spring, I just talked about how many benefits there are to doing a podcast, how much I enjoy it, and something I want to do for a long, long time. And that's exactly what I'm doing now. Now I don't have to, you know, look over my shoulder anymore. So in that sense, it's really exciting. The next thing I want to ask you is how often are you producing your show? Uh, My goal is uh, two times a month. That's uh, what I was doing uh, last time around. And with everything else I I do, I do a lot of uh, writing. I'm actually working on a book and that's taking a lot of time. And then I do the the posts on the site and then um, videos, which is something. So I don't have any videos on the new site, but I had them on the old site. And uh, so, you know, those three things are a lot, you know, writing, podcasting and video because I'm trying to hit all different media channels and, and in fitness and especially with the particular area of fitness that I teach, the videos are really critical. But like I mentioned, I love the podcast. I love writing. So there's a lot there. So two episodes a month is very reasonable for me to do. Excellent. And, and it sounds to me like what, what I'm hearing you is you're, when you say video, I, I hear you separating that from what, what I hear you saying the word podcasting. And, and I assume that you think video is one thing and and podcasting is audio podcasting. Yeah, that's the way, you know, I know that I can do the same thing, actually. And that's, that's a good idea. I don't know if I've really thought deeply about doing the uh, video podcasting, which I certainly could do. Um, I'll have to give that some more thought. Yeah, I, I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. I kind of always did see that as a separate thing. But realistically, I don't have to do that. So right now, I, I would assume that you're doing video. Am, am I right to assume that that's in YouTube? You got a YouTube channel and you throw it up there and then embed it into your site? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. I, obviously, it sounds to me like you put a lot of care, attention and effort into these videos. And and in my mind, it, I, I would imagine that probably a separate RSS feed created just for those videos, taking the videos, the the raw video that you're sending up to YouTube for them to transcode you just turn that into, let's just say, an H.264 M4V file and create a separate category on your blog and, and create an RSS feed for it and send that to iTunes, then all of a sudden you have both the video podcast that you could actually have a different podcast name for it or you know, or you could just, it could be the Stealth Body Video Edition and then you have the Stealth Body Audio Edition. Right. So, so just that's a great idea. It, I mean, <laughs> great idea. You're already creating yeah. the content, and what's yeah. amazing is you're going to have a lot of people who are going to who are going to see that. And um, the cool thing is, is that uh, people can bring that stuff into like their Roku boxes, and 
um, just various other platforms that, you know, the iPads bringing it in that way. I think that you'll, you'll just, I think you'll just add new subscribers. It's not going to hurt you. It's not a ton of extra work either. Right. Right. Yeah. I think it's a great idea, Cliff. Awesome. (laughs) Yeah. So let's, let's talk about your video for a minute. Um, what kind of, what kind of camera do you use? Um, I use the, um, gosh, was it, is it the ZI4? I think it's the the Kodak ZI8. Yes, that's it. That's it. Yeah. 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 And you know, the thing I like about that is the external mic. Absolutely. Compared to the, um, like the flip video and things like that. Um, I think that really makes a big, big difference. I think, I think it does as well. Um, creating video with good audio is, is going to set you apart from like 90% of the other audio or video out there. Yeah. What about lighting? Do you spend, did you spend any money getting kind of lighting to, to kind of light yourself up inside? No, the, the few videos that I've done have pretty much been outside because what I'll do is I'll demonstrate uh, kettlebells, for example. I mean, that's, that's actually the big focus of, of Stealth Body is kettlebell training. And I can just do that outside in the park. And the couple of videos I did were either outside or what I didn't mention is I have a friend here in South Florida that owns a studio. And that's where I actually filmed my DVD and I'm getting ready to film the second DVD. And I've done a short, uh, a couple of short video clips in his studio. So he has the background, the lighting, the professional camera, all that stuff. Wow, it's nice to have so, a friend like that, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's absolutely. awesome. Yeah. So in the in the online world, are you connecting with other people in the fitness arena online? Uh, other podcasters who are podcasting about fitness and nutrition and health? Um. I'm connecting with other people in my niche, not so much the podcasters yet. Um, actually, that was a huge, huge tip that you told me about uh, when we had our conversation back in the spring. And I have been really kind of um, building my relationships with other people that I've met through networking at conferences and also some of the certification type things that I've gone to for my own training. So those really live networking has been really huge for me. Um, But I know that reaching out to other podcasters is definitely a great uh, platform. And I'll tell you, Cliff, I have so many people to interview. Uh, I mean, basically, nine out of 10 people I ask to interview, you know, say yes. So I, I have people scheduled for interviews and I can't even keep track with interviewing them. You know what I mean? Because I have so many people, you know, months ago that I said, hey, can I interview you? And they've said, yeah, absolutely. And I had to interview other people that I asked prior to them. So I just have a huge list, but it's, it's just great because it really... Obviously, you know, when you interview someone, you get to know them better. They're sharing great information. You're helping them build their brand and you're still building your brand. You're learning a lot. I mean, the interview is just incredible. And that, that, again, that's another huge reason I'll be doing the podcasts and audio type uh, things for a long time to come because of the benefits of relationship building with the interviews. Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Google Plus, which of those are your favorite if, if you're using any of them at all? Uh, not so much LinkedIn. I'll start with that. Um, t- probably Twitter. I use, um, you know, a couple of tweets a day. That's really about it. I try to not get, spend a lot of time on that, but I'll try to, you know, get in, you know, 10, 15 minutes a day. Uh, Facebook now, you know, I'm, uh, have a Facebook fan page that's starting to, uh, you know, get, get some, some traffic and some interaction there. Uh, so those are two of my favorites. I do have the Google Plus as well. I really haven't gotten into that so much yet at this point. I'll tell you what, it's it's a lot of fun. The The biggest thing I've learned from Google Plus and, or the, the biggest thing I've had uh, a great experience with in Google Plus is the Hangouts. If you're, okay. if you're building, if you're into like building community with people, it, it's, it's kind of nice to to kind of maybe let people know, hey, I'm going to do a hangout at such and such a time and then, you know, give them a link to your Google Plus profile. And then at that time, go into Google Plus, create a hangout. And and then what I do is I often will go into Twitter and Facebook and those other places and let and put a link and says, hey, uh, for the next 30 minutes, I'm going to be doing a Google hangout and then posting a link back to your profile page on Google Plus, and then you can connect with up to 10 people in a video conference. And it's a, it's a neat experience if you're, and here's what I've learned is, is and this is what I've learned in, in all of the content that I've produced online, is that the people you connect to relationally 
those are the ones who really become your your fan base and 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 I hate using the word fans but I think it's the way that people understand it they they are the ones who tell other people about your you and your brand they're the people who become the evangelists for what you're doing because you're connecting with them at a very personal level and so that's one of the things that I've I've liked about Google Plus is and and, it, and the best thing about it this and this is one of the one of the things that I love is is having these relationships with people but the question becomes how do you scale this because I'm still at a place where I desire to answer every single email that comes in. And what yeah. I've what I ran into was the fact that I got to the place where there's just no time in the day to answer every email that came in. And right. I realized that what I wanted to do is plug people into relationship with each other. And and so what's amazing is I might have Scott Ardella here and I know you because we've interacted, but then I might over ha- have over here a Steve Howard and I might have over here a Tony DiLorenzo and it just so happens that out of random chance, all of us are in a hangout with a total of 10 of us there. And then all of a sudden I say, wow, Scott, you really need to get to know uh, Tony DiLorenzo. He and his he does this uh, smart fit marriage and and th- th- or, you know, this all the, this other stuff. This this is great for you two to connect with each other. And, yeah. and the next thing you know, you guys are starting to connect. You're looking at each other's content. You're interviewing each other. And all of a sudden, he's got a couple thousand people subscribed to him, and now they're checking out some of your stuff, vice versa, those those kind of things. And that's what I love about the Google Plus. Oh, cool. Yeah. That, you know, I'll be honest, you know, Google Plus is something, out of all the social media sites, that's the one I know the least about at this point. So, but well, uh, just, just, sounds great. Yeah. The thing is, is people will tell you, you got to do all of this and all, you just do what what you have time for. Yeah, uh, the important thing is that you're reaching out and building relationships with people. Is that something that you desire to do with your brand, or is it mostly, you know, uh, and and I, I always hate to ask this question because I'm it it almost seems like I'm opposed to anybody who's not looking to build a community, and I'm not. I it's just it's just the concept of not building a community around your content is foreign to me. It's not that it's a bad thing. So is is building a community around what you're doing is that a desire? Is that a goal of yours? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, the, the last uh, podcast episode I, I recorded, I actually just recorded in the past 24 hours, but um, I did like a Q&A format and I really asked on this episode for people to get back to me with their questions. Um, you know, these are common questions that I hear and that's how I presented it in the podcast, but I want to hear from the listeners, you know, what their big questions are about the methods that I use. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's what it's all about, you know, is really, you know, knowing what's important to your listeners, to your readers, subscribers, and helping them get what they want. I mean, that's, that's really my goal. Absolutely. Very yeah. cool. Where can people find you online uh, as far as your home base on the web? Yeah, the, the main website is stealthbody.com. And um yeah, I mean, yeah, just uh, you could communicate there, uh, you know, comments on the on the blog or all the links to all my uh, social media, uh, other, you know, sites and outlets are on that site as well. So stealthbody.com. Scott, yeah. thank you so much for coming and sharing your experience with us. Oh, it's my pleasure, Cliff. Thank you so much. Well, my friends, there you go. That's my interview with Scott. I hope that it has been beneficial to you and that you were able to pull out some wonderful insights that you can apply to your own journey in the world of podcasting. Real quickly here, just, I just want to just reemphasize how important it is to not let too many things scare you from getting started. Here's, here's, here's the big takeaway. You know, I told, I shared my journey of how I started out and called my business BitCast Media and went a couple months and handed out lots of business cards. But guess what? I got the cease and desist letter. I came out on the other side and it didn't really have a major impact on me overall. And in fact, it kind of led me into something bigger and better. Podcast Answer Man's a much better brand than BitCast Media. So I'm very happy that uh, everything worked out the way that it did. Same thing with um, with Scott. I mean, you have the the fact is is that you have um, he, he has stealthbody.com now. That's something he likes a whole lot more than Smart Fitness Coach. So you know, just I, there's so many out there right now that you have paralysis by analysis. 
you know, go out, come up with a brand, come up with something. And, and if you don't, if you have the money to do all the trademark research and stuff like that, and, and it's really important that you want to turn this into a business, by all means, do the trademark. Do it. It just makes sense to. But if you don't have the resources, the information and all that stuff, do as much as you can to make sure that, that, that it's not something that's already trademarked, that there's no other conflicting information out there. And, and then just start it. Just start it. I, you know, that, that's my recommendation. It, it really is because don't let trademarking be that next thing that keeps you from launching your podcast. It's just not good to have all these excuses. Anyway, my friends, I I do hope that um, this podcast continues to be meaningful to you and that it has been meaningful here in 2011. I'm looking forward to 2012. Some big things are on the horizon for me, for gspn.tv, for my consulting and coaching, for for a group of podcasters that I'm looking forward to lead into some pretty big things. So um, more details on that coming very soon. Until next time, my friends, I encourage you to take your show to the next level. 